What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another fantasy booking edition of the Smart Cow Moment Smack Talk Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, joined, as always, by Robert E. Felice. Hello, everyone. And Callum Wiggins. Hey there. And today we are doing part two of our mock draft that we had done prior, uh, last week's main event, of the entire history of women's wrestling, and, you know, at least from our perspectives, we had started off the idea of just doing WWE. Then we decided, you know, let's expand it. Let's uh, you know, be able to pick people from other companies that have never been in WWE. And then we actually expanded the original list. It was going to be, we're going to pick 30 people. And then it became uh, maybe like 40, uh, maybe 45, maybe 50, maybe 55. All right, let's go with 60. So we ended up with a lot bigger of a set of rosters. And I think that that actually ended up helping me out quite a bit. Cause I think we all pretty much have two night, WrestleMania-esque evolution cards that are going on here, but that is what we are going to be talking about is the follow-up for all that. We've already picked our people for our rosters, so now we have to kind of put our money where our mouths are and, you know, say, hey, this is what I would book if I had this for my roster. And if you've seen previous episodes of the mock draft and the follow-up of the matchmaker side of things, you pretty much know how this is going to go. We're going to go one by one talk about our cards, run down any other information that we have to like set up those feuds or the storyline purposes for this or who wins these matches and why and you know our thought process behind booking all these things. And we want to know what you liked the best, what you thought was absolutely crazy and you don't understand why we did it or <laughs> how would you do things differently, anything along those lines. So as always, drop your thoughts in the comments below. Make sure that you hit the like button if you enjoyed this. That helps out actually quite a bit. And if you think that you want to pass this around, you got the share button option on there and you can pass this on Reddit or, you know, Twitter or whatever it might be. I posted something on uh send a message to your Facebook friend or something. You also have some monetary ways that you can help us out. The little thanks button that's over there, as well as the join button. And if you click on that, you get access to the same stuff as the Patreon, which every time I look at this, I go, oh, I forgot to change those logos to the new one, but I'll do that eventually. Those things are the dark cast tier, the pick poison tier, et cetera, et cetera. Even a dollar a month is great to help us out. And if you want to pick up merchandise and get something to show off or like a t-shirt or, uh, you know, a mug or whatever it might be, a hat, you know, there's lots of different designs and lots of different products you can slap them on. So check out Redbubble and Public for a smart out moment. For that matter, check out a mango tees and fanboys anonymous. Cause there's other designs there. Maybe they're interested in those too, but we are going to get into quite a few matches here. I think we all relatively had balanced out to about 15 or so matches each and a couple different nights worth of pay-per-views if we were to stretch them out to, you know, a realistic standard instead of being like, they're all Iron Man matches or something like that. Or I guess Iron Woman in this case, because this is all women's division. And, you know, let's see what we have that we are going to book for that. Anybody want to go first? Well, before we do that, should we talk about what happened post the drafting? Yeah, I was going to say you skipped the whole thing where we like switched a bunch of people. I was going to address that for each individual person or something, but we could do that right now. Um, We actually did make some adjustments to our rosters, and that came about mostly because we realized... Yeah, we had some hiccups with uh, the way that we were planning on doing it. I don't know how you guys feel about it. The way this is the way that I was like, I could have kept mine exactly the same, 
and I just wouldn't have liked it quite as much. But the adjustments that I've made, one of them is pretty like it doesn't really matter. And the other one is so much like, okay, well, it could be this or that or that or that. And none of them have anything to do with adjusting your cards. So I was just like, well, I'll just put that out there as like a maybe you can replace this or whatever. I know that Callum had mentioned picking up people and dropping people. This was all people that we had not drafted. So it wasn't a matter of trading people. But then we ended up kind of having trades by dropping somebody and somebody else picking them up. So uh, I believe the first thing that had happened was Callum mentioning dropping Leilani Kai and picking up Wendy Richter, right? Yeah, initially the the two ones that I went on to saying, I want to drop two of my people. And so I dropped Lalani Kai and picked up Wendy Richter because when I drafted Lalani Kai, I actually thought that I was drafting Wendy Richter. Yeah, just a brain um, fart moment, yeah. Yeah, I got, I got the wrong name, essentially. So I ended up, so I decided to get the person that I initially decided to draft. And then I dropped Sarita because when I started putting my plan together for what I was going to do with the roster, I didn't have to find a comfortable place for her. So I went with Yuka Sakasaki instead, who had a more... Um, had a, had a better slot in where I wanted to to put someone. And then I had dropped Anna J, mostly because I just didn't have a spot for her that I felt was really all that useful, and I thought that maybe she could be better used elsewhere. And, um, I mean, I could technically have swapped her into one thing. I'll explain what happened there, but uh, I picked up Leva Bates, and... The other one that I was thinking about doing, I'll address a little bit later, but that meant that Anna J was available to get picked up, which then Callum picked her up. <laughs> well, well, what, hap- what happened was Rob said that he expressed an interest in taking Anna J when yes. Tonya dropped uh, her. And then I said to Rob, no, I want Anna J. And uh, so I said, do you want somebody from my team as a replacement? And I offered up Sherry Martell. Right. And, and Rob decided that he would be fine taking Sherry so I could get Anna J. So I took Anna J and then Rob took Sherry off of my team and added it to his team. Yeah, so now, for anybody who's wondering, this is what the current lineup looks like. Uh, You can see it on your screen if you're on the YouTube side of things. If you're on like Amazon Music or Spotify or something, obviously you don't have a screen on there. But essentially it's no Anna J on my team, leave a Bates instead. I might drop cheerleader Melissa and pick up somebody, Lana, Brandy Rhodes, something or other like that. We'll see. Leilani Kai's gone. Sherry Martell's gone. And Sarita's gone from Callum's team in place of Wendy Richter, Yuka Sakasaki, and Anna Jay. And Nevaeh's gone from Rob's team. And he's picked up Sensational Sherry. So it's not drastic. It's not like we made any big switches like, I don't know, say swapping Charlotte for Deanna Perrazzo or Mercedes Monet for AJ Lee or something like that. So at least uh, those are going to be factored in. And then when we get to explaining our parts of the card, then we'll explain a little bit better of how we reached that idea of, okay, maybe I shouldn't have this person and I should pick somebody else up instead. And uh, you know, all the ins and outs that go along with that. So I'm going to switch back over to the matchmaker card thing like that. So people don't get spoiled, but um, do you want to go Callum? Do you want me to go uh, Rob? Do you want to go? How are you guys feeling? 
Um, I mean, I, I, I don't mind uh, taking it first if if uh, you guys prefer. Sure, go for it. Go for it. Okay, because my one takes a little bit of explaining. So, when I decided to take this, I started thinking of potential matches immediately, obviously, because that's kind of the, the brief. But um, then I started to consider Stardom. And Stardom is a roster that I... I, I, as I say, I'm not an avid follower. I tune in out every now and again. But there is something I like about Stardom, and there's something that I like about New Japan that other promotions just don't do. And that is faction warfare. And, yes. you know, there are factions in WWE, and there are factions in AEW. So it's not like it's completely out of the question. What if the entire roster was split into factions? So I've got 60 people. And so I would like to introduce you to my 12 factions. <laughs> or every single person on the roster split into separate factions. And uh, when you see the final card, you'll see that I have this is in the order of most babyface to most heel. <laughs> there's, there's a spectrum cause of it. Cause, cause, yeah, because it's, it's a sliding scale. It's like it's not exactly. So the most babyface faction that I have are called the Skywalkers. Hmm. Which contain which is led by Io Shirai and contains Riho, Sarai, uh, Azumi, Lady Frost, and Yuka Sakazaki. And so, as that would suggest, these are very high flyers, small, kind of the, you know, light as a feather skywalkers. They're people that walk, uh, but perform as if they're walking on the sky because they're so uh, agile and uh, effective in the air. Then we have the Free Spirits, led by Chris Statlander, with Seshimov Martina, ODB, and Sarah Del Rey. So my idea for this faction was to be a kind of... Well, Free Spirits is something that both Seshimov Martina and ODB would be very happy about, because they're very much uh, drink-based gimmicks. <laughs> Chris Statlander's a little... Yeah, Chris Statlander's a little bit, you know, a bit... <laughs> on the kookier side of things, especially with the whole alien gimmick beforehand. And Sarah Del Rey is kind of, I don't want to say like their handler, but like is tro- is like their trainer that's t- trying to like build them up and make them a more serious threat, even though they have a bit of just, you know, they're a bit comic reliefy for the most part. But, you know, they're still good. Chris Allen is obviously very good, and the other two are kind of a bit more of the, the comedy tag team alongside them. Uh, then we have the Stratus faction. Yes. Because yeah, it's Stratus. <laughs> oh, that's totally uh, Molly Holly leading that one, right? Joe <laughs> <laughs> Stratus leads that um, with Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Ty Mello, Anna Jay, and Wendy Richter as her as her teammates. I kind of like they have the idea of like Wendy Richter used to be the head of a faction, but is now kind of the the veteran that's part of another like up and coming stars faction instead. Like uh Ric oh, Flair and Evolution. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, I'd say so. She, like she yeah, so she's like mainly uh one well, I wouldn't say like mainly a manager, but is like a supporting act now. And the other ones I kind of thought they aligned well with Trish Stratus because they kind of fit into the kind of like the spunkier um 
side of things in terms of like being maybe punching i would say punching above their weight but like they have a bit of a um you wouldn't expect them to be as aggressive or as um like having that kind of like pitbull mentality that trish has and i think the other one's also they're deceptively strong or deceptively tough uh, then we have the ESTs, which, as you imagine, is led by Bianca Belair, uh, joined by Jordan Grace, Utami, Hayashishita, and Serena Deeb. And the concept about this team is the idea that Bianca Belair is the EST. She's the fastest, strongest, blood, all that other stuff. So she wanted to be joined by people or wants to surround herself with people that also demonstrate like an EST quality. So Jordan Grace is the is the strongest because like she's an absolute like powerhouse atami hashishita is the toughest because she is very like mentally strong and physically durable and serena deeb is the smartest she is the professor professor of the ring and bianca bella is kind of like obviously their leader because she has elements of all of the est aspects so she leads a group of essentially what they consider to be like superhumans then we have digging these by the way wandering what <laughs> yeah we have the wandering warriors which is the only group that doesn't have a leader because they're essentially about uh, it was a bunch of outcasts that are just essentially they they don't really they're not really super teammate they don't really team up together too much but they are joined together by the fact that they don't they don't fit into any other group and that is Zyli, hamada and max the impaler they're kind of like they're kind of forced together and they still sometimes like team together and work together but they're kind of individuals within a faction so is that is that you're just five guys of your group <laughs> the no, outcasts they, they actually team well together they team well together um then we have the uh, joshi stars which is led by manami toyota alongside mayu watani hikaru shida emi sakura and tam nakano and that is essentially like that is your big Joshi collective that um, champion the the Joshi style and the strong style aspect of things. And Manami Toyota is like the most legendary Japanese female wrestler of all time, is the the centerpiece of that, and is joined by people that will lead it to the next generation of different um, different generations. So Emi Sakura is obviously a bit more the veteran side of the others, but. The others are meant to be like the next forebearers for what Japanese women's wrestling should be. Uh, we have the goddesses. This is where we're now moving slightly more heroish. Uh, led by Athena. With Mako Satamura, Siori, uh, Laura Valkyria and Molly Holly. Mm, Molly Holly on there. Is... Yeah, I think that she would be a good trainer for this one. And also she has Mighty Molly aspects of her as well. Ah, so, okay. Same kind. She isn't Mighty Molly, but she does. But that's part of like she sometimes. My idea would be that she sometimes comes out as Mighty Molly for special matches, or at least in the Mighty Molly get up. But the rest of them is the idea that these are people that feel like they are gods among the ring. And I think that Mako Satamura and Suri, if you've seen their um, attires in the past, they, that kind of they kind of have that regal golden aspect to them. And obviously, Athena is the fallen goddess leads the group uh we have the coven 
led by Julia Hart, with Killer Kelly, Masha Slamovich, Taylor Wilde, Kylan King, and Daphne. Mm-hmm. I can see that. As soon as I got, uh, as soon as I got Julia Hart, I tried Julia Hart for it. And that's like, oh, good. I've got the, I've got the linchpin of that. And yeah, essentially, that is your, that is your witch creepy, uh, creepy witch um, goth group. Uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have the Barbie Girls. <laughs> uh, Tiffany Stratton is the leader of the group. Makes sense. Uh, joined, joined by Mariah May, Mina Shirakawa, Zaya Brookside, and Lola Vice. I would have given you Kelly Keller uh, for that. <laughs> but I know that um, if, if people that aren't familiar, Mariah May, Mina Shirakawa, and Zaya Brookside were the three original members of Club Venus over in Stardom, which is a very, very, um, I'd say, like, j-pop inspired group and lola vice i think has like a barbie quality to it and so and obviously tiffany stratton is the the perennial modern day barbie girl so i thought that she would definitely be the right leader for it uh we have monet inc <laughs> this is the big this is i, I obviously i'm saying it because it's not the ultimate heel faction but it is the it's the big faction of uh, my uh my roster with obviously Mercedes Manet as the CEO of that um, of that uh, faction, joined by Austin Kong, Mia Yim, Mercedes Martinez, and Diamante. The I could see being, that being a big group, yeah. Yeah, the idea being that Mercedes has surrounded herself with the biggest, toughest people that she possibly can, and so yeah, so she's uh, she's basically paying off all these people to be her henchmen, so she doesn't actually wrestle that often. And, gets the other people to do her dirty work for her. She's kind of like in the heel MJF version of this, like MJF in the pinnacle almost, but you know, she's, she's a boss and she's bossing people around. Uh, I like that. You went with the the Monet ink too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I thought that, I thought that would tickle you because of the money ink thing. (laughs) So I've got the Glamazons, uh, Beth Phoenix, Megan Bain, Piper Niven, Arja Kong, Nyla Rose and Zoe Stark. Makes sense. So, yeah, these are your like very big, powerful women. Women. Uh, Zoe Stark is kind of somewhat of an outlier, but my idea is that she's kind of a glamazon in training. Like she's being developed into being the next glamazon with these like very, very like yeah, general generally uh, like Amazon Amazonian women, led by Beth Phoenix, of course. Did you give her any thought about putting her in another group, or was she kind of in that from the beginning? Um, I, I, I potentially was going to swap her around with Wendy Richter for the Stratus faction, because obviously she has a connection with Trish Stratus because of the the stuff that happened this year. But I thought uh, she felt like a. I think that Beth Phoenix would be a, a good role model for her moving forward. And then the final heel faction is Haters Haters. <laughs> obviously different types of haters uh led by jane hater of course with b Priestley, jazz Lee birchall and allison k and yeah these are just your very like very like aggressive very snarky heel group they're just like like very 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 hateable and detestable in terms of just being you know they don't like anybody and they'll piss everybody off and that's like the other ones they have at least a little bit of either 
credibility or honor or something about them that makes them slightly more likable whereas they are just they'll cheat in every match they'll like like go the go the extra mile to make to inflict pain on opponents that's basically who those group people are so so yeah those are my that's that's my sliding scale of uh factions or none i think this is the best thing you've ever done i'm just gonna put that out there immediately <laughs> already yeah I, I yeah i mean look at the amount of creativity here i yeah. love it i love everything about it and i'm interested to see what happens next i will say it's I mean, immediately yeah. making me uh look forward to potentially doing those um time machine dream team type survivor series things mm-hmm. that i'm like yeah we should probably try to do another one of those in november <laughs> yeah. it was it was nice to because uh, it's something that i've broached the idea of potentially doing before but this was the this felt like the perfect opportunity to do it because this is what stardom this is how stardom approaches things and i say like stardom i think is the best women-centered promotion out there so i thought yeah given them they're all their little collective it means you can build a lot of feuds and stories both within the within the factions themselves but then also basically they can just fight each other and it doesn't have to be like oh it has to be top baby face against top heel it can be okay maybe someone in haters haters has a problem with Mon- someone from monet inc and then you just even though they're both heels one is slightly more baby face than the other so it's likely to get the better reaction but yeah so i like the i like the sliding scale approach as, as cody says there's, there's no such thing as heel or baby face anymore i'm All curious uh is there a color code to the i have i'm not showing it up on the screen yet because i don't want people to see your full card i've color coded um, them. them yeah They've, okay. all got, they've all got a, they've all got a color top. I haven't actually like I didn't actually properly decide them. I just chose what colors were available in the usual like paint tool, but um, I could probably come up with some better colors for them in future. I didn't know if but, there uh, was like a uh, like a you know red deeper red is like the most heel or nah, you know that kind of thing. Nah, I'm not I'm not gone like that. It's, like, Gradient, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but but um, but yeah, I'd say. Like if I had these skills, I'd make um, I'd make banners and logos for them. But then before we hold on, just real quick, because I've done something similar in the sense that I'm creating my own promotion, kind of. Tony, did you do that, or did you just sort of go with the like WWE Evolution vibe? I pretty much went with like the Evolution thing. Okay, that's that's really interesting. I had thought so, about yeah, trying to like separate into like a brand split and all. And then I was just like, yeah, let me just book a card and see what happens. And then actually it's kind of confusing. I don't, I have like a two night card, but one matches. I didn't put it on either night. <laughs> so, I'll explain it. You know? Okay. So before then I'd actually get onto night one and night two of my, my show, I'll just say who my champions are. So my world champion is Mercedes Monet. That's the boss. That's the champ. Uh, the Liberty champion. I'm keeping my Liberty championship because that is my creation, and I wish to wish to use it whenever I have the opportunity. Is Athena. My high speed champion, which is that's a new very one. like, yeah, and that's the name of the title in Stardom, and that oh. is very much dedicated to the the quick. The, the super quick, the super high flying types of uh, wrestlers, and the high speed championship is is defended in matches that can be no longer than 50, have a fifteen minute time limit. So you have to be quick and you have to get it done 
fairly fast to get the right result. So that's the gimmick attached to that title. And then there is the Heart and Soul Championship. The Heart and Soul Championship is always defended in by knockout rules. So you have to. Essentially, it's the the like the very grits orientated title. So not, not as much like last man standing matches, but if you knock someone out, the only way you could beat him is by knocking out the champion. So, so it's like high speed is the like speed and agility, and heart and soul is yeah. like strength power. Yeah, exactly. That'd be a good way of putting it. And then they have tag team champions. Uh, oh, sorry. I say the high-speed champion is the Aishiroi, and the heart and soul champion is Mayu Ubatane. And the tag team champions are Jamie Hayter and B-, B. Priestley. And my trios champions are the Covens, Julia Hart, Killer Kelly, and Masha Slamovich. And then, with that, we can get onto the actual, the actual point of this, which is the card. Um, so, we start with night one. We're going to open. I've, I've bookended this. So, as you would expect, night two is main evented by the World Championship. So, I've bookended it by the first match of this entire card to be the number one contendership for the World Championship. And that match is between uh, the EST's Jordan Grace and Barbie Girl's Tiffany Stratton. I think this would be a good juxtaposition because I'm really, really impressed with Trif- Tiffany Stratton. She's come on leaps and bounds in the past year. And Jordan Grace is a super talented worker. She would essentially be tossing Tiffany Stratton around, but Tiffany would find ways to, both through her athleticism and like gymnastics abilities, but also her cunning and smarts, to find ways to get the better of Jordan Grace throughout it. So I think it would be a good back-and-forth battle before Jordan Grace finally manages to outpower Tiffany and get the victory. I'd watch it. Fun match. I, I would I'd watch it right now. I wish that was a thing that was happening. I agree with what you're saying about Tiffany, and I think realistically these are two women who should be fighting over top-tier titles for the next three to five years in reality. Uh, then we have a number one contenders tag team battle royal, and if you thought the um, the faction names weren't enough, I've come up with tag team names for all of these people as well. Yeah, so. subdivisions. <laughs> Yeah, like, well, like the, the dyad as a part of schism, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we have um, in this uh, battle royal, we have the gods of war, Suri and Mako Satamura. It should really be the goddesses of war, but I, I kind of look at those two and think they gods sounds more appropriate for them. Because they are just <laughs> like, yeah, but we could have the goddesses of war instead for this part of the goddesses group. Um, we have Size Matters, Piper Niven and Megan Bain. Again, two of the, the more Amazonian of the Amazons. Uh, we have Drink Responsibly, ODB and Session Moth Martina. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, Bad Bitches on Your Block, uh, Mercedes Martinez and Diamante, because they should have a tag team name. It's a shame they don't. They're just called Mercedes Martinez and Diamante. Give, give, the, give them a tag team name. Uh, Ice Queens. Lady Frost and Yuka Sakazaki representing the Skywalkers, so that you're more high flying team. Uh, Winter Sin, Kaylee Birchall and Alison Kay. Obviously, Kaylee Birchall, yeah, Birchall makes, formerly Winter. That makes a lot of sense, yes. Uh, the only one that's an existing tag team, well, I say like the only one that's an existing tag team, 
the only one that I'm using the existing tag team name for is uh, TayJ, Timelo and Alan Joe. And then uh, the, because I, I, I use the Coven as the the main group name, I've given the team of Taylor Wilde and Kylan King the uh, tag team name of the, of the craft. Mm-hmm. Full 90s. So it's like witchcraft. Yeah, so it's like witchcraft and ringcraft type thing. Manager for Rosenbach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just be your, your, your classic like AEW tag team battle royal. Just all eight teams. You have to eliminate both people to get victory. And as you would imagine, like size matters in a battle royal, and size matters gets the victory. So Piper Niven and Megan Bain are your new number one contenders for the tag team championships. I like it. Then we have a triple threat match for the number one contendership for the Heart and Soul Championship. So this would, it would still a, a Heart and Soul Championship qualifier. It won't be under Heart and Championship rules, so you'd have to win by knockout. But I decided to put three of the hardest hitting women that I had into this one. So it's Utami Hayashishita, Zaya Lee, and Sarai. Again, I just think that those would be, it would be a lot of kicks, a lot of, Flying forearms and flying drop kicks all over the place to get the victory. So I think that um, I would have Utami get the victory because I know that she does some really excellent uh, work in stardom and she's very much like the one of the more physical options out there. But uh, yeah, overall, I just think it would be very, very hard hitting between all three of these women. I'm not at all familiar with uh, Utami. Uh, not too much with Suri, but I, I do like Xylee. Um, that if she's going to be fitting in that kind of thing, then it gets a thumbs up for me. Very, very pleased with this little card so far. Uh, we have a tag team strap match. That's basically, it's like, well, the strap match, but obviously one one opponent is strapped up to another opponent. So we have Hikaru Shida and Emi Sakura on one side and Aja Kong and Nyla Rose on the other. And I kind of like, like <laughs> they got a bad uh, option yeah. for being strapped to those two big ones. They're at a disadvantage. I mean, I, I don't think I'd be uh, too keen about being strapped towards Hikarashida and Emi Sakura either because True. they're they're very very hard hitting as well. But um, yeah, so I'd probably I'd probably strap up uh, Shida and Nyla Rose together because they kind of have an internal AEW feud. Just have that continue onto this one, and then Sakura and Aja Kong because they're more of the uh, elder statesmen. Of the of these respective teams, I didn't come up with actual team names for them because I kind of feel like they're just in a feud with each other, and they've decided to band together to team up and like fight together as part of uh, the Joshi Stars against uh, two members of the Glamazons. And uh, yeah, I'd have Sh- uh, Shida and Sakura manage to topple these two um, these two beasts and get the victory, but. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to have just another really hard-hitting physical uh, tag team match onto this card. I have a few gimmick matches across the entire thing, so this is one of like the first, the first main ones, really. I'm really liking how much thought you put into this. Oh yeah, uh, which is yeah, not I mean, surprising, I mean, but and I, I I wanted to give these uh, give the women some because I would like I like to see like put especially with like some of the gimmick matches, just say. Why aren't we seeing this stuff more often, really? But that's, again, it's another debate for another time. Uh, Trio Championships, uh, the Coven, Julia Hart, Killer Kelly and Masha Stamovich against uh, the 
the Barbie Girls, Club Venus, Mina Shirakawa, Mariah May, and Zyber Oxide. And yeah, this would be essentially witches that are like crazy spooky in a cult and you know using things like fake blood and the mist and all that other stuff to creep out the barbie girls and the barbie girls having to um you know be a bit more cunning or trying to um you know like being more it's like i'm trying to think of a way of doing it which isn't like i I don't think this is um redundant it would be a case of like they're terrified of the scary girls and they're just they're throughout the entire match they're trying to get away almost from situations or having to calm themselves down because they're scared of all the the blood and the gore that is being presented by the other three. And then they manage to band together, cheat to win, and get the trio's titles back to back to the Barbie girls. Witches versus bitches. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit, yeah, I'd say so. Very exactly. fun. A little bit. <laughs> Uh, high speed championship, Io Shirai versus Tam Nakano. Uh, Tam Nakano is the current Stardom, World of Stardom champion. She's one of the best that Stardom have right now. Io Shirai is one of the best that Stardom has ever seen and is obviously one of the best that uh, WWE have to offer right now. So, yeah, it would just be two of two people, two women that are both very good, like to the physical striking and with suplexes and all that stuff, but then it also has the high speed and agility nature that you need to be at the top of the high speed championship ranks. So I thought this would be a super fun match and uh, you'd have, cause I don't think you have, we ever really saw it before Shirai left to go to WWE. That, that was kind of before Tam got her big push up to the, the main event of stardom. So I think basically going with one of the best Joshi wrestlers almost of all time, if not, especially right now. And then, the best that Stardom currently have to offer would be a super fun match for the high-speed title, and I'd have Io Shirai retain. Not aware of uh, Tam, but um, Io being a high-speed champion makes perfect sense to me. Then then we have our main event of night one. It would be a ladder match for the Liberty Championship. So it would be Athena versus Chris Statlander. Um... It's a match that I we we hopefully will see more often in AEW, or at least have a a decent feud against it. I kind of feel like when Athena eventually drops the Ring of Honor World Title, Chris Statlander and the TBS title should be one of the first things on her radar. And I just think that you could build up like a long term feud between these two, and then they have to settle it in an actual ladder match. So just to get a bit more physical, a bit more aggressive. I think that they, these two would work well together. Statlander is the bigger the bigger and taller, stronger of the two of them. So it would be kind of using the ladder as a base and hitting Athena with it all over the place. And Athena would be diving around the place, but also using her own physicality and forearms to rock Statlander. I think this would be one of your classic, not really spot filled ladder matches, but more like they're having a really good wrestling match and a ladder is also involved. I can see that like more like more like your classic like Shawn Michaels Razor and Ron thing rather than a um I don't know like a Jeff Hardy like thing. Nick Jackson versus yeah yeah Jeff Hardy or Nick Jackson and uh, Phoenix thing. So, but yeah, I thought that would be a good white main event, and you have Chris Statlander uh, defeat Athena, become the new Liberty Champion, just to have a uh, a feel good ending to Night One. Because she's in the second Easter. most. Uh, Baby Baby Asia. Asia. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I thought that'd be a good way to get the 
the win. And Athena's Athena's not like full blood. She's obviously heel for this match, but she's less one of the lesser heel groups. So I think she'd still get a good response in this as well. So that yeah, that's night one. We then Before, move on to. I'm really impressed, and I, I'm genuinely like I, I would love to see you do more of these. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to do more factiony based stuff going forward if I have the opportunity when we do other drafts. But um, I move on now to night two, and we kick it off in fast paced action with a number one contendership for the high speed championship, and it's a scramble match. And the rules of this scramble match are you have to, it's a fifteen minute time limit, and the uh, last person to have scored a pin is the winner. So we have Riho, uh, Lara Valkyria, Azumi. Hamada, Daphne, and Lola Vice. Uh, Daphne seems like a bit, a bit of a um, weird one for this one, but she basically all she did in WCW and uh, her time in TNA was dive off things in scary fashion, so she kind of fits <laughs> into a high speed thing. Uh, Hamada is very much a like lucha trained, so I think fits that as well. Even though she obviously is Japanese, but she did a lot of her stuff in Mexico. Um, all the other ones are very much, they can do a lot of high-speed stuff. Lyra has a bit more of a power advantage over most of the people in this, so that gives her a little bit of a uniqueness to it. Lola Voice is, again, in part of the Barbie Girls, can be a bit more heelish about it, but she has some good, solid fundamentals. And, we all, well, Tony doesn't know about Azumi, but Rob, if you have seen some of her, you know how absolutely rapid she is. And, yeah, uh, and- Riho is... I don't know if these will ever inspire Tony to ever look up any of these women, but I think he would have some fun with someone like Azumi. Is she Azumi? Um, like how they call like uh, th- this is a legitimate I question. I knew you were gonna go. That. I- <laughs> legitimate question. Like when people say you've got the Zoomies, is that like uh kind of? It's that just her name? Like was she born I mean, like you I know can't. something Azumi? I can't. I can't tell you one way or the other. Yeah. Like like well her her name. Is spelled or it's presented as AZM, but that is the three letters that she's associated that is associated with her name. But it's pronounced as Zumi. And there was a good segment like when um, Sasha Banks was the um, New Japan uh, Women's Champion, she defended it against uh, Azumi and Hazuki in a um, match at um, I can't remember which uh, New Japan show it was, but they defended, defended it in a triple threat match. And basically her entire promos leading into it was calling Azumi AZM all the time and Azumi getting angry about it mm. because that's not that's not actually how you pronounce her name. But I would have Azumi get the victory because even though I like pretty much all the women involved in this one, just I, her speed and like like technical ability is so high that I would just absolutely love to see her uh, mix up with Io Shirai. This is also good as well because she's part of the same faction as Io Shirai, so we could tell a little bit of a story of her trying to make a power grab for Io Shirai's leadership of the group as well as trying to take her title. So how come you went with this rather than booking that for the championship? Um, Because they're part of the same group. And so if I was, um, again, thinking more of a, a long-term kind of faction-based story, I've, I already have one of the, I already have, first of all, I already have a match on the card, which is between two faction members, so I didn't want to do another one. Uh. 
like that but i haven't mentioned what it is yet so i didn't want to overblow it with that but i think this would be a good long-term thing of like azumi being a bit more in eoshirai's um under eoshirai's tutelage and this is the big moment where she gets a big victory and has to take on her her master essentially so and then see if she can overcome her um then we have a steel cage match max the impaler versus awesome kong so essentially, you put two beasts in a cage and see which one of them survives. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it'll be like, yeah, just two ultra strong, uh, yeah, women that are absolute powerhouses, just trying to no titles on the line, no opportunity to line. They're just the two of the probably two of the biggest women in the entire and most aggressive entire promotion. Just trying, just in a battle dominance, just to prove which one of them is the alpha female. And um, not Jazzy Gabe, and <laughs> uh, and uh, Awesome Kong gets the victory in this one. But yes, I be a super physical blood filled match. I'm down with that. Then we have we have a triple threat Queen of the Coaches match. Essentially, I'd put three of the people that are kind of been the quote unquote coaches of their factions, or more of the senior members of their factions, to come together and prove which one of them is the best coach. And so it's Molly Holly, Sarah Del Rey, and Serena Deep. So just as I, I think it would be quite a more technically proficient type of match because they want to prove that which one of them has the most solid fundamentals in the ring. And then I would have Serena Deep get the victory because I think that she is the most complete wrestler out of the other three. But as I, I just think it would be just fun seeing them try and out-wrestle each other, try and see what submissions and crazy uh, reversals they could come up with during this match. Also makes sense if she's part of the ST1. She's the smartest, so she would be able to pull the victory out. Yeah, and you might also have noticed that um, that all uh, three of the four members of the ESTs have won their matches so far. Mm. So there might be a little bit of a story that we're telling with this as well. Uh, but until we get to... What, uh, where the other member of the ESTs is. We need to talk about the Bourb- the uh, Bourbon Street fight, hmm. which is Mia Yim versus Jazz. Uh, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it would just be super, again, very, very aggressive, two of the most physical women that can use weapons all over the place. Just, again, nothing really at stake of this one. It's just been a blood feud between these two, and they're settling it on this big evolution show. And then have Jazz get the victory over Mia Yim. Just, she's willing to go that extra bit further or far on it than... Because these are two of the more heel, heel groups, just trying to... The two members of two of the more heel groups, just trying to establish dominance again. And Jazz is just willing to go that little extra more heinous to get the victory over Mia Yim. But still, would be a fun match. Ooh, Miriam uh, should win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean Benjamin would disagree. <laughs> but, uh, uh, then we have uh, the number one contendership for the Liberty Championship. Zoe Stark versus Wendy Richter. I kind of like the idea of doing kind of, um, I don't say young versus old, but like more established name in Wendy Richter going up against one of the younger upstarts in Zoe Stark. And just trying to see which one of them is going to be the next opportunity to take on Chris Statlander now that she's the new champion. And I'd have Zoe Stark uh, get the 
kind of more upset victory over the more established name Wendy Richter. But because Wendy is more of a, in my universe, more of the veteran that's on the way out, I'd kind of uh, liken her to a modern day Tanahashi. In that uh, she can she can uh, she can be used to elevate people like Zoe Stark towards the next level. And remember, uh, remember everybody, when we were talking about this, we're not talking about like they have to stay the ages that they are. This is kind of we can oh, yeah. pick time frames, we can pick like in their prime, but with the knowledge that they have now, all that. So it's not like it's like Wendy Richter in twenty twenty three. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, then we have. Uh, the Heart and Soul Championship, so knockout rules only, and this is the the interfaction fight between Mayu Iwatani defending against Manami Toyota. And essentially, the story going into this one is that Mayu Iwatani's been Heart and Soul Champion for quite a while, and has shown a lot of guts and grit. She's kind of like I'm presenting her again in ways that people that aren't familiar with these two would understand. I'm presenting her as the um, like Orange Cassidy of this promotion. Where she is, she's defended it a long time and it's taking a toll on her body because obviously it's always knockout rules. So she takes a beating pretty much every single match. But she's held on to it. She's shown strength. And so now she's going to have the biggest test of her career up against the leader of her faction to just prove whether she has what it takes to be the next, like the the front uh, forebearer for the Joshi stars and for Joshi women's wrestling moving forward. And so she has to go up against the very best and she manages to get the victory. So she beats Manami Toyota in a great match. And then Manami Toyota raises her hand after, afterwards and shows that she will be, when when Manami's ready to step back a little bit, Maya Watani will be the next leader of the Joshi Stars. So, so both a title defense and a kind of passing of the torch almost as well. I don't have any idea what, about either of them, but I, I trust mm-hmm. your judgment. <laughs> it, it, it's good, trust me. Um, tag Team Championship match, semi-main event. We got Hater's Gonna Hit, Jamie Hater and B. Priestley. I, I, God, I love it so much. <laughs> it's so no, much this, is my favorite ta- this is my favorite tag team now they came up with. Uh, their opponents, Pixie Kicks. Candice LeRae and Dakota Kai. Hmm. You know what? I think we should just stop here. I think Callum wins. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I kind of liked it because like, oh, Pixie Sticks. And Dakota Kai loves it's to kick. Fa- it's fantastic. Yeah, that's a really good name. <laughs> yeah. I like Haters so, Gonna uh, Hit, too. So. Oh, yeah. I, like, I mean, I was I was a big fan of a lot of my names. Some of them are like less uh, thought out than the others. But uh, yeah, but I, I, I was a big fan of these two. And so, yeah, it's classic. You're very like uh, babyface, uh, underdog team taking on two of the hardest hitters and biggest bullies in the entire promotion in Hater and Priestley. And then the underdogs get the get your victory. So, Candice Lorraine, Dakota Kai win and become your new uh, tag team champions. So, yeah, but it'd just be like, I think it'd be a pretty super fun match between all of these ones involved. Be a lot of joint manipulation from Hater and B Priestley on either Dakota Kai or Candice LeRae. They'd do a really good baby-facing peril thing. You've got to imagine that with Candice LeRae, it's going to be very DIY-like because she has the pedigree from that. And so um, 
And yeah, I think Dakota is a really good baby face, even though she's been healed for a long, long time now. I think that she had that very good underdog baby face spirit when uh, she was feuding with Shayna Baszler. She's been healed longer than she's been babyface in WWE? I'd imagine so. At this point, probably. I mean, she's, been healed, she's been healed ever since she joined the main roster. And she was healed with the Tegan turn at NXT. Mm. Huh. And she t- she only turned babyface when she was teaming back up with Raquel for a bit. And then she got released pretty much like a month or two after that. That's true. And then so that leads us to our main event. It's a fatal four-way elimination match for the world championship. So it's Mercedes Monet as the leader of Monet Inc. and the world champion. Defending against the leader of the ESTs, Bianca Belair, the leader of the Glamazons, Beth Phoenix, and the leader of the Stratus faction, Trish Stratus. I just wanted to put some of the bigger names together, and it's like, these are, you'd kind of build it with the sense that the other three women are basically winning all the time, and they've been constantly trying to get after Monet's title, but Monet doesn't defend it very often, and he's always putting the roadblocks of Kong and Miriam and... Mercedes Martinez and Diamante in front of everyone else to protect her and stop people having to go after her titles. And now the three biggest like, faction leaders outside of Monet come together and they manage to get this uh, four-way match signed up. So they all go after Mercedes. Fighting then breaks out between everyone else. Mercedes uses that opportunity to eliminate both Beth Phoenix and Trish Stratus. So it leads off with Monet and Bianca Belair battling for the title. And then you basically pull like a WrestleMania 38 and you have Bianca Belair overcome Mercedes, finally dethrone the uh dethrone the, the CEO and uh, capture the world championship for herself. Yeah, so I think it'll be a fun match with all the people involved doing, like Beth Phoenix doing a lot of the power stuff, her power game up against Bianca Belair's power game. You have Trish as the more the most veteran of the the groups, just um just like using her more her more wild wily mind and her experience to get the better of a lot of things. And Mercedes Monet just picking her spots more often than not. But then when Bianca um, it's down to her and Bianca. We then see Mercedes come to the absolute forefront and show why she has been champion for as long as she has been, even though she doesn't defend it that often when the lights turn on and when the when the moment hits, she does like bring it out and be like the best she possibly can be. And so you have Bianca get the victory, she celebrates at the end with the title belt and then but then she's met in the ring by the winner of the number one contendership match from the previous night, Jordan Grace, who is also her stable mate. And they basically just do a stare down with the, with the championship. And you have Jordan and the other members of the ST celebrate with Bianca, but there's always now that little bit of tension between her and Grace about which one of them is actually the ST of the ESTs. I'd like so. to give you money to start a promotion. <laughs> I, I I don't think I'll be able to get all these people. I mean, unfortunately. and some people, it's it's virtually impossible. But uh, but but yeah, I I was I was very happy. Like once I like I spent most of my time, obviously, then putting the card together. I spent a lot of the time, probably the first like couple of hours or so, putting together what my factions were going to be. Right. And then from there, everything just spilled out into because once I have factions, I can now build stories rather than because I felt like even though I'm sure 
that your two ones will be great in terms of just more putting more matches together. I wanted to make sure that there was kind of like a bit more of a a structure surrounding the card or reasons why these people were fighting each other rather than just even though most of it is just a case of we're parts of different factions, I think that's still a good reason for people to fight each other occasionally. But um but yeah, I was I was very happy with putting a more like complete kind of like I guess battle zone between loads of different groups uh, together and then building a card off the back of that. So, so yeah, I'm, I was I was very happy with how this one turned out. So I have a few questions. First being, we've never really talked about it outside of, I guess, the original review podcast, but did Sasha versus Bianca really leave an impact on you? Or is it just that's what you knew you wanted to build your card around? I think that so I, I think uh, Sasha versus Bianca is one of the best women's matches of all time. I think we'd all probably comfortably agree with with that. From what we from from our experiences, I'd probably say it's it's a good like at least top ten, if not top five. Yeah, that I've ever seen. And so it was more. It wasn't really just the the match itself that had an impact on me. It was more of a case of I think Mercedes Monet is the most has such a aura about her and as i said in the previous one i think bianca belair is the most complete women's wrestler that i've ever seen from just a pure athleticism standpoint mercedes Monet has so much character and but i wanted to kind of build the promotion around mercedes but then bianca belair is the the rising star that will eventually replace her so that, that, that was kind of my logic with bianca getting the victory over Monet on this one that's really, that's really interesting. I, <laughs> like you said, Callum wins already. <laughs> yeah, like I'm. I'm oh, that's very... fine. That's fine. I, no, this is a really impressive card. Let's take cards. Yeah. I will say this. This is left harder for you, Tony. This has left me feeling like I would like to revisit these, more and you know, add on to the things that we have previously booked because, you know, you're setting up a whole. A whole universe there, and I I love that. that yeah, the whole ecosystem. This is my WWE universe mode from like two K twelve or something. But uh, but um, yeah, I, I know it's slightly more challenging. I was like challenging for you, Tony, or it's, from the ends. It's like there's a lot of matches that I put together here that you have no idea if they're good or bad or anything like that because of the people involved. Right, but I could at least get the idea of what the feel is. Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to like give a bit of an explanation of like why I've picked certain people together even if they haven't checked them out. But I would encourage people if there are certain names here that you haven't either heard before to if you have the time and you have the inclination to check some of them out because I wouldn't have picked these people to be part of my roster if I didn't think that they were all either either all very good or had very much potential to be very good. I mean Lola Voice is very raw at the moment and is very low down in her um, her journey, at the very start of her journey, but I see a very a lot of potential there. Tiffany Stratton is obviously now fulfilling that potential. There's a lot of more of the younger side of it in there, but then I mixed up with a lot of established names that we all know can all know are going to deliver. And yeah, that's it's also part of the reason why I wanted to get like people like Julia Hart on the team eventually once I'd uh, able to make a few trades is because you need to have a few gimmicks in there as well. And the gimmicks really fueled the factions. So even though 
it's very much as as would typically be the case for me very wrestling orientated they all have similar characters and they've all, and those characters are forming into more complete factions so that's why i had to get rid of some people that um just really didn't fit into anywhere i didn't know where i'd put people like sarita in this without it feeling a bit forced so yeah so I will go next, and I will say this real quick for those of you looking at the screen. You do not have my card on the uh, the overall spreadsheet yet because nope. <laughs> I, I am a very... What did you say? I said nope, and I'm showing them that now. Uh, <laughs> That's why. Because I, I am a very busy individual, and I like to, you know, I, I have my own little way of doing it. So Are you going to add it on there um, as you go along? Because I could show the screen. Um, You could if you just follow the, the pattern of what I've done on goes past it's typically going to be like that but i also have a little bit of explaining to do because i kind of created a fantasy promotion as well of course if, if you want to go first tony i'm not going to stop you yeah you can uh, you can go but if you are so you are going to add it to the spreadsheet as you go yeah. along okay oh, cause... Like, as i go along uh, no, i'll probably do it once you're done oh, okay you're then i'll then i'll switch back to the generic screen so people aren't looking at a uh an empty spreadsheet. Okay. I have created Spirit Pro Wrestling. All cap Spirit. And the commissioner is Sensational Sherry. Does Spirit uh, stand for anything? Is it an acronym? Or? I, I was going to try to come up with an acronym. The only thing I could give you was that the S and the P were definitely going to be Sensational Professionals. I couldn't think of the other letters. I'll try to think of that. <laughs> But we have a few championships here. We have the Spirit of Teamwork Championship, which will obviously be your tag team titles. The Spirit of Tomorrow Championship, which is like your, in terms of a pecking order, think of like a European championship, but it's, you know, it's like your youthful, like, you know, young people in this championship. There's the Free Spirit Championship, which is your... IC title, your secondary belt, the spirit of violence, which is hardcore. And then there's the spirit of three, because I couldn't think of a, of a word for the trio. So you got the spirit of three belt, which is your trios, and your spirit of excellence, which is your main top title. No um, spirit of Eddie Guerrero title. <laughs> you know, thank, you know, believe it or not, no. What about the Holy Trinity uh, spirit? <laughs> I like I, do, I, I like something with the Holy Trinity though. Um, I do like I do like uh, I do like that um, that thematic nature of it. This is already way more interesting than uh, that women's wrestling army that everybody <laughs> set up. So to start your first show because this will be a weekend of events. It's just your first spirit, spirit one, spirit two. Let's call them to start the first show. Cold open. Sherry Martell's in her office, welcoming the fans to a new era of women's wrestling, promising the best of all eras and the best of all areas. So you're going to get your hardcore, you're going to get your, you know, traditional wrestling, you're going to get everything. And we crown all new champions on night one, and then all those champions will then defend their gold on night two. And just for purposes of, because uh, I did draft her specifically for this. Veda Scott will be Joey Stylesing the whole thing. She's calling it by herself. I think Veda is really good. 
And that's why I drafted her. So we kicked it off with nothing crazy. It's a singles match to get the fans warmed up. Persia Perota, or Steph Delander, defeats Tennille Dashwood. I like that because Delander's doing great work on the indies. They had the Aussie connection. And I think Tennille, I have plans for Tennille, I'll say that. It's just a nice way to warm you up. Good. Good uh, Aussie rules match to start with. Then you have a Spirit of Teamwork semifinals match. It'll be Kylie Page and Ella Envy of Free Empowered going against Hayden Carter and Katana Chance. Chance and Carter defeat Pretty Empowered because of interference by the beautiful people. More on that later. Mm. Uh, then we have a nice a match that I'd put on any card, I think. Would be on any dream WWE women's card. Natalia versus Alundra Blaze, with Alundra Blaze getting the victory. It seems like that would be one of those like dream matches that Natalia would have wanted. Yeah. It just it's a nice match. They shake hands at the end. Pure respect. Maybe we see more of Blaze, maybe we see more of Natty. But this is how I want to start them. Just they're great wrestlers. Then we have the Bring Your Own Weapons Fatal Four Way for the Spirit of Violence Championship. Rina Yamashita versus Sawyer Rack versus Abaddon versus Nikki Cross. Now, I'm not familiar with uh, Rack or Yamashita, but Cross and Abaddon make perfect sense to be in the uh, hardcore division. Absolutely. Um, Yamashita's going to win. She's really good at the hardcore stuff. Sawyer Rec is very young and really great at the hardcore stuff as well. I would imagine this being, you know, thumbtacks, barbed wire, not too much barbed wire, though, and there's a reason for that. Um, Table spots, you know, just the crowd's really electric after this match. And after this, because your first champion has been crowned, Bull Nakana comes out to confront the champion, challenging her to a barbed wire death match for night two. Then in a backstage vignette, we have Kylie and Ella, you know, they're furious. They're kicking and screaming. They're throwing this stuff around. They challenge the beautiful people to a makeover massacre match on night two. Mm-hmm. And that will be, those are booked now for the show. We go to our next championship match, the Spirit of Tomorrow. The triple threat match, it's Billy Starks versus Kid Bandit versus Saul Rucka. I, I think that these three are really fun. Kid Bandit is like fun indie star. Billy Starks is obviously going to rule the wrestling world if she keeps at it. And I still think Saul Rucka has everything needed to be a major baby face in the future. Billy Starks gets the win here by pinning Bandit, and therefore, Sol Rucka now gets a one-on-one chance at the championship tomorrow night on Spirit 2. Hmm. Liking this? Yeah, and fun match. We've got you know people in and out of Sensational Sherry's office, and one of those people who seems just really mad 
as she's storming out is Camille. Camille's pissed. She's not on the, she's not booked. She's pissed off. She just storms out of the office. And then, you know, it's like, oh, well, what's that all about? And then we go to our next match, our next championship match, the Free Spirit Championship, Kyle Valkyrie against Trinity. Tell me that wouldn't be an absolute banger of a match in Impact Wrestling right now if Ty Valkyrie wasn't in AEW. Like, I think both of these women are phenomenal. I think Trinity has done great for her career since leaving WWE. But Ty Valkyrie is just such a great wrestler. And this has that, like, IC title, NWA US title tier to where you're always going to be viewed as the next in line for the spirit of excellence belt. If you have this, so I gave it to Ty Valkyrie, who is then challenged by Trisha Dora. Trisha Dora comes out, wants to face her on night two, and that match is set up. I realize uh, I'm, I'm running uh, through of, this. Of, oh, what do you guys think? A lot so of double duty going on. A lot of double duty going on. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, a lot of it. Because I think... I feel like that's special, and I know that we it's something you don't normally see when WWE does two nights, but I think I think that's how you build, you know, like the stronger Ring of Honor cards back in the 2000s when somebody was doing, you know, two-night shows. I think that kind of stuff really stood out. And throughout the night, you're getting vignettes of people such as Ali Catch and Kenzie Page, the other third of empowered and willow nightingale and they're all going to be in something called the lightning and a bottle ladder match on night two lightning and a bottle ladder match is like money in the bank but it's very clear that you can challenge for any belt there's not the world championship i guess money in the bank doesn't have that now either but there's not that like it has to be for the spirit of excellence championship it's whenever you feel like it you can take advantage of your lightning in a bottle so you're seeing promos for people like Ali Catch, who've never gotten a shot before, or Willow, or, you know, uh, Kenzie Page. And then there's going to be a match to determine another competitor in the match as Bailey takes on Gail Kim. And Bailey is going to get the win. And this is modern Bailey. This is damage control Bailey. I, as much as I love the hugger, I think this Bailey just works more, and I would have loved to have seen her in a match with Gail Kim. Quick question. Are they climbing the ladder and getting a bottle instead of a briefcase because it's lightning in a bottle, or is it something else? It's definitely not a briefcase. I could see it being like a specialized bottle. I I would like to spend more time thinking about the props and stuff like that, but it's definitely not like, okay, you're going to carry this briefcase around. No. Can it be like lightning instead they have to hold lightning in their hands you could it could like, it's one of those like uh, things you see in like spencer's like gifts the, the ultimate <laughs> x x it could just be a giant lightning bolt actually i i quite like that idea that's what we'll go with it's, a, it's like a lightning bolt but, but, prop miguel kim versus uh bailey is very very would be a very very good match even yeah, without I, the caveat of it being to get a spot, if you just had said that that was another match like Natty and Alundra Blaze, I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and I almost did something else with Bailey, but more on that on night two, because I, I do eventually get to it. 
In the other semifinals match for the spirit of teamwork, Albadon, oh, Albadon, yeah, Albadon, Albadon. <laughs> take on VXT, Deanna Perrazzo and Chelsea Green. And VXT go over, and they're now set to face Kaden Carter and Katana Chance on night two. They're having a stare down. You know, yeah, they were going to crown the first ever Spirit of Teamwork champions. And of course, hit the Bella Twins music because you can't have uh, women's tag team titles without the Bella Twins. They have talked to Sherry Martell. They're added to the match. It will be a three-way dance on night two for the Spirit of Teamwork tag titles. Surprised you went with Deanna and the tag. Yes, I'm. You know, I had a... Surprisingly, the one area where I had a lot of options was the tag. Because hmm. I have quite a few great teams. Um, I went with Deanna because I, I like Deanna and Chelsea. And I had... Well, I'll explain some more about what I changed later on. But I would had something else maybe for Chelsea, but... I like VXT, but in the main event, for your first ever Spirit of Excellence championship, it's Becky Lynch against Julia. Now, this to me is like a really a 30-minute, 35-minute back and forth classic. There, there's lots of, you know, she got her in the disarmor, Julia gets out. Near falls on Becky, but eventually Julia goes to the top rope, gets stuck by Bex, manhandle slam from the top, one, two, three. Becky Lynch is your first ever Spirit of Excellence championship winner. She is, you know, given the belt by Sherry. There's there's confetti, there's all this stuff, and bam, Camille attacks her from behind. Camille says, I, I've been one of the most dominant NWA women's champions of all time. There's no reason I shouldn't be on your level. It's a disgrace that I wasn't booked tonight. I want the match. Sherry says, well, the match your main event for night two, Camille against Becky Lynch. And that is your first night of Spirit Pro Wrestling. Definitely really enjoying the gimmicky but not gimmicky aspects of this yeah. oh yeah i think that becky versus julia would be obviously a great a very a great match knowing how excellent julia is and becky's doing especially now right like the last couple of months or so has really really stepped it up in Marie. again we all know how good she can be but um but yeah that would be a great main event for this one i also appreciate the fact that you among all of us are always trying to throw in commissioner backstage segments mm-hmm. things leading into other things happening as well it's like yeah that's again that's a good amount of like full and making it more of a complete show than just a you know match match this match that match whatever i, I appreciate that because that is always the spirit i try to bring no pun intended <laughs> um so night two gives us another cold open we spirit get backstage championship <laughs> from, we get highlights from night one, and we get Sherry promising even more craziness and some nice surprises. But we open 
with your Lightning and a Bottle Ladder match, as you've got Alley Catch, Kenzie Page, Nicole Savoy, Willow Nightingale, Bailey, and then just when the uh, bell's about to ring, Lita's music hits, because Lita's never officially gotten to be in a ladder match, but she spent so much time around ladders. She wants to be in a ladder match. She's now in the Lightning in a Bottle. Her main spot here is that Bailey's about to win. She knocks the ladder over. That takes Bailey out of it. Now Bailey has to basically try to kill her hero for costing her this opportunity. Willow Nightingale does eventually win this match. I almost put her in the Spirit of Tomorrow match and made her the Spirit of Tomorrow champion, but I decided I like this better and I like Billy Starks better as a Spirit of Tomorrow champion. I think it's more fitting. Mm-hmm. And then as a nice little cool down, get a, a tag team match of Kelly Kelly and Eve Torres against the Renegade Twins. Simple tag match. Renegade Twins win because I like Kelly and Eve, but I still think the Renegades fit more of today's style of wrestling. In the Spirit of Three Championship, Shayna Baszler, Layla Hirsch, and Marina Shafir defeat Byron Flava, which is Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, and Savannah Evans to become the first Spirit of Three champions. Just as they're celebrating, Lights out. A visual on screen of Abaddon, Rosemary, and Jessica Havoc. They, you can't really have a spirit of three without them because they enjoy, you know, it's a lot, a lot of spooky, <laughs> you know, the playing with spirits. Sets them up as the next challengers for the spirit of three belts. And of course, these three are trying to act like they're not scared because... They're legit badasses. Why would they be, you know, scared of these three that want to still act like they're in their emo phase? The witches versus the bad bitches. <laughs> <laughs> there you go again. There, there are some themes. Yeah, I don't have any witches on my. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> then we get a nice singles match. Giselle Shaw defeats Dana Brooke. And Dana Brooke is really pissed when she loses. Kind of like how she was doing when she left NXT. She's really heartbroken. But she exits, and we get the first ever Makeover Massacre. And this is, picture your standard, like, gimmicks where there's just all this, like, makeup sets and kind of fun paraphernalia that you can smash through and stuff like that he said sets by the way everybody not sex (laughs) thank you (laughs) where you you smash people through stuff but the match can only end once both members of either team have been brown bagged because they're both (laughs) the petty bitches and they both want to that's their whole thing i like it so this ends because just as the beautiful people are about to brown bag both members of Pretty Empowered, Kenzie Page comes from behind, hits him, you know, with a makeup bag, knocks him out, obviously. It's got like a brick inside of it or however you would gimmick it. And beautiful people get brown bagged. But 
as we all know, not that they were drafted, but you've got so many women you can choose from. You got Lacey Von Eric, you've got Mass and Rain, you can even the odds, and then you have new trios. So that's kind of my idea going here. And in the Free Spirit title match, we get our first title change as Trishadora defeats Taya Valkyrie. And just like that, it's maybe Taya Valkyrie's not the number contender. Maybe it's Trishadora who's going to carry this to the next level. But I wanted that, like, one of these titles has to immediately swap. For the, you know, the, whoa, wow, anything could happen at any time kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Backstage, Dana Brooke is talking to the Sea Stars, Domi Exo and Ashley Diembois, and they're trying to, hey, it's okay. You gave it your best. You know, you you still have someone to offer. And she's taking offense to this. She's like, you know, she's upset and she's kind of lashing out at them. You're not even booked on this show. And they're like, yeah, but once we do, we're going to, you know, set our sights on the tag team division. And Tennille walks up, who's also lost, who's also kind of upset. And she says, well, when you're ready to actually step in the ring, I think there's a tag team who would be ready to face you. So that sets up a future match for a future spirit event of Tennille and Dana Brooke against Z-Stars. I like how much thought you're putting into doing something with Dana Brooke on the side and all. Yeah, and especially because she was one of those like, uh, let's let's make sure she gets picked kind of options. Absolutely, I I think that she does have a lot to offer. You know, and I always enjoyed her stuff with Tennille, and I was hoping they would reunite them in WWE, and they didn't. So now we go to a very bloody, very violent Barbar death match as Bulmakana defeats. Rina Yamashita to capture the Spirit of Violence Championship. There's, you know, there's Barbara boards, there's like the explosives on them. It's a really gnarly match. And just as Bull is celebrating, well, who shows up to challenge her but her old rival, Alundra Blaze, who says, you know, I've never gotten a chance to show that violence, but I think you're the perfect person to bring it out of me. And they kind of agree to a future spirit of violence championship. match. Two titles changing hands after a night. Yeah, but I, I think, it's, I think it's fun. I think you, you play with it like that. And then your spirit of our championship does not change hands as Billy Starks defeats Sol Rucka in a respectful straight up match. They shake hands afterwards. It's all, it's all respect and positive. And Billy's going to hold that title for a long time. Billy would set the tone of what it means to use that title to elevate someone to the next levels. Then you have your spirit of teamwork, Rue, as the Bella Twins go against the XT, Deanna Parazzo and Chelsea Green, and Katie Carter and Katana Chance. And I bet you guys, you guys would never believe this, but the Bell Twins win, and they mm-hmm. do so by pinning Hidden Carter, because we're not having Deanna Perrazzo take any mm-hmm. falls. 
on the first weekend of my promotion. No, we're not. Uh, we're, and I like Chelsea Green, too, so she's not taking the falls either. Kaden Carter and Katana Chance are great, and I think they bring a lot of innovation. But I think if you're going to have a women's tag team division, the Bellatons are your standard, and they can now carry this to the future. There's Kelly Kelly and Eve. There's the Renegades. There's, you know, I mentioned uh, Decay. Beautiful people. Like, the beautiful people, pretty empowered. There are so many women that can now challenge the Bell Twins, and you can have so many stories. And that's even before I tell you that, like, the main event of night one was almost Nikki Bella and Becky Lynch, because Nikki Bella is that good as a singles. I think the Bell Twins are so versatile, and, like, where what they mean to women's wrestling, you can play with that so much. You know? I'm surprised you don't have uh, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane in the tag match title match. So, like, so they were some ideas that I had, like, on the cutting room floor. And I guess since I'm almost done, since it's really one more match, I can get into that a little bit. Because I thought about doing Pretty Empowered and the Beautiful People as, like, a unit against this, like, Freaks and Geeks team of, you know, you got Kid Bandit, Sawyer Wreck, Gigi Dolan, JC Jane. I thought about Dolan and Jane in the tag title tournament because there there is a lot to do with them but i i also thought let me wait until like i have the right story to tell because again i would like to revisit these and tell more stories um but no i thought about that i thought about you know having a Bella in the lightning in a bottle i didn't do that i thought about doing a queen of the hill not a royal that would have been like a royal rumble that would have set up Camille winning instead of her just attacking Becky. I, I had like a lot of ideas for what this could have been because, you know, another name I didn't use along with Dolan and Jane is uh, Soraya. They can be a great trios. So they're not on the card at all. They're not. They're not on the card at all now. Ah, uh, damn! I wish I would have traded you for some people. <laughs> who, who would you've taken? I probably would have taken Dolan and Jane um, to replace yeah, somebody. I don't know. You, you have toxic. You would have had toxic attraction. Yeah, yeah, but like they can be a team of like a, a new absolution. There, there's a lot of like. That's why I do vignettes and stuff as well because there's a lot of ways to introduce people without mm. it being in the ring. But you're in your main event, Camille and Becky Lynch beat the absolute crap out of each other. Uh, Neil's trying to get her with, like, a, you know, apron spear through a table, throws it in the ring, Becky won't stay down, Becky won't stay down. Eventually, Becky gets her down in the disarmor. Neil is forced to tap out. Becky Lynch is going to be your fighting babyface champion, but Camille will be back, and this isn't the last you've seen of that rivalry and that in a nutshell is my first card for this idea of spirit pro wrestling i dig it i like the gimmicky stuff like i'm talking about before like all the spirit of blank and, and everything that's a good way to flesh out this roster and i like sherry as the general manager yeah 
Yeah, a lot of the matches look like there would be a lot of fun. I've had a few surprises, like I'm surprised that you went with like a singles match for Daniel Brook and not one for Diana Perazzo. That kind of like threw me off a little bit. But um, but yeah, I like the say so, like the, the goes into establishing as I say like a universe for this beyond just the actual card itself. Thinking about what would happen next and how how all this would play together, and then utilizing some of your bigger stars in multiple matches. I was actually surprised that um, Hatch wasn't in one of your hardcore ones. Who was I'm sorry, who did you say? Ali Catch. Okay, so again, another one that I was either going to have be the hardcore champion or challenge for it on the second night. And then I said, you know, Bull Nakano would be a lot more fun in a, in a bar bar match. And I, I'd rather establish Ali Catch as this, you know, star of tomorrow. I even thought about her for that title. There's, it, it's so weird how versatile this is when you think about how little play women's wrestling actually gets from week to week. There, there was a lot to be done here, you know. So you're uh, yeah, I think got- adding that into the um, thing for people yeah, to be able to see the full card. I, I am going to do that. Um, in the meantime. In the meantime, I will switch over to a blank screen because I don't want to show my card yet to everybody. We'll come back around to this and do uh, highs and lows at the end of this. Uh, get ready for something that's less complicated. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. I, imagine I, so. I treated this as evolution in the sense of there's probably a men's roster and this is the women's roster that we're dealing with. And let's try to approach it as if we've got, you know, Raw and SmackDown-esque, but, like, not really necessarily exactly the way that it is. So I don't have, for instance, like, the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships or the Women's World Championship and the World Championship or the, you know, Intercontinental Championship or anything along those lines. But I have it kind of similar. I kind of did, like as if I could tweak it. And there was an idea that popped in my mind that we've been talking about recently that I was like, let me see if I could do this a little bit too. So I did consider making this a little bit uh, different from normal by having kind of weight classes, but not really. So keep that in mind. I also have a weird situation where this is a two night thing with a match that isn't on either night. So I almost kind of booked it as if it's one really, 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 really big card with an intermission match, but the intermission match is not like a bathroom break. It's just sort of in between the two. So take that for what you will. (laughs) We're going to start off with the middleweight mid-card championship, whatever you want to call it. It's a mid-card title, but it's like the middleweight thing. Babyface Mickey James against a heel champion Tony Storm. I think that this would have vibes of Mickey versus Trish in some ways. Tony Storm's character right now is kind of, you know, that's not quite like a crazy person, but like she's got some eccentricities and Mickey's been able to pull that off in the past. I think the two of them would be able to just have a really good match between the two because they're both top notch talents and it starts off the crowd pretty hot. Heel Tony Storm retains her title. Yeah, starting off with a uh, 
little banger there. I think that's a that's a good way to get the crowd interested to put in essentially two of your best workers out there to start things off. And we're already getting into the gimmicks. <laughs> and this one's the most confusing one as far as switching people up and doing all that. We have an eight-woman tag team match. It could be elimination. It could be just a one pinfall thing. I think I lean more towards just being one pinfall for this one. And that has a team of Strictly Business is their group. Stephanie McMahon, Kiana James, Ivory in the right to censor type of mode. And then here's the caveat. I didn't have a spot for cheerleader Melissa. So I originally put her in this because it was like, well, you know, we can bring her on and do that. And she's tough and she could be kind of like the, the powerhouse of that. The cheerleader Melissa gimmick doesn't work with Strictly Business. She doesn't really have anything else that does. I did have some other people that I could drop her for and put in there. Like I could technically drop her and pick up Lana, drop her and pick up Brandy Rhodes. I thought about putting Taryn Terrell in here because she was the ECW general manager. I also thought about putting Sonya Deville in this spot, but I used Sonya for a different match. And the more that I thought about it, the more I was like, I don't think I want to boost somebody else in that match up and put Sonya here because I don't think that we need to have her as a bigger name in this. So take your pick. If you want to have a better match, put cheerleader Melissa in there and just say like she was brought on as like, you know, a tough one. If you want to have it be strictly, strictly business, maybe put Lana in there, but they're the heels, obviously. And they were up against fun and games. Thea Hale, Fallon Henley, Sky Blue, and Wendy Chu. Obviously, baby faces are the quirky, fun, funny type of, you know, power positivity group. Strictly business is a bunch of heels. So that makes sense in that right. And when you look at those two teams, I mean, Keanu James is on par with Fallon Henley. Well, cheerleader Melissa or whatever has a, an edge over some of the other people. Ivory has an edge over them. Stephanie's kind of the weak link on her team, but she's more there for the managerial side. But she's still the one that gets to win for her team because she is still the biggest heel of the group. So they do a lot of the work and she picks up the scraps and she pens like a, a Wendy Chu. Puts her to sleep, maybe. I don't know. I thought about an idea of doing a go to sleep match with Wendy Chu involved, but I ended up not doing that. It would have been the opponent. It would have been uh, Ronda Rousey. And then I was like, yeah, that's a waste of Ronda Rousey. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it, it is very important that on an evolution card, you pay tribute to the person that invented women's wrestling. Yeah, Absolutely. very much so. <laughs> Match number three is the idea about teaching somebody some respect. And it's an I quit match. You've got Michelle McCool with Layla. Of course, they're the heels up against a babyface version of Lacey Evans with the idea in mind being that they didn't botch the whole I'm a uh, veteran and I am pretty tough and whatever. And they didn't turn it into. So I guess you should boo me. <laughs> and then I had put Ivory in there as I made this a tag team match. Originally, it was going to be Ivory and Lacey Evans, where Ivory is just sort of a veteran. And, and I was like, I don't really like that idea that she's just teaming with Lacey. There's no connection between that. And I liked her as the, the right to censor one better. So then I took Layla out and that's why it's just Michelle with Layla. And then I was like, oh, I kind of need somebody to balance that out a little bit. 
here's where we could play around a little bit more. So Anna J had been dropped and I picked up Leva Bates, but I could also swap her for somebody else that nobody else has. So take your pick between either of those, uh, red, white, and blue pants <laughs> to go along with that. Or I was looking up people that had any kind of military background and I came across Attache from Glow. Apparently she's like a military character. And I was like, that would be even more fun. So I don't know anything about her, but if you want to put red, white, and blue pants in there, you can, if you want to put Attache from Glow in there as the backup for Lacey Evans, whoever it is, she needs somebody to back her up and she manages to make Michelle McCool tap out. So babyface Lacey Evans gets the win in this I quit match. I'm a little shocked at how much of this so far is straight up like, I mean, if you want to, you know, put this one in there. If you... Well, those are the two that were all messed up. There's one other one that that affects, but not as much as the other one. Yeah, that's... I, think, I think it'd be, I think it'd be decent. Uh, you kind of lost me at the phrase babyface Lacey Evans. That kind of, <laughs> I don't know if those those words uh, fit in my lexicon. <laughs> I, I like that you phrased that out by saying, "If we could be decent about it." <laughs> <laughs> well, I always thought that they had more that they left uh, out there that they couldn't that you could have done more with the babyface Lacey Evans thing, and they just went straight to, "Why aren't you cheering me enough?" Boo me, and like what? Like that? They didn't even give her a chance to be a babyface, you know. And I wanted somebody for Michelle McCool to go up against, and I didn't have her for a championship that I really thought was useful. And I didn't want to put her in a one of the multi-women matches or something. So, like I said, this started off as kind of a tag team thing. I actually ended up having a lot of tag teams, too. I started out with, like, just pairing people up in twos and fours and threes. And next thing I knew, I was like, all right, that's 70% of my roster. What do I do here? So you're going to see some more tag team setups. And uh, a match that was originally a tag team one, it got switched. And then a, a three-way that was switched in a different way and all. So we're going to go to a tag team match. Funny enough, this is the tag team championship match. And I don't have team names for these groups. It's just the healed group and the babyface group. But it is essentially a theme here of Playboy Bunny. So you've got Allie the Bunny and Penelope Ford as the uh like you could see where i'm going there <laughs> and you've got the babyface team of ashley massaro and candace michelle and your special guest referee is table champions uh, yeah well trying to see for something else <laughs> but sable was somebody i could not figure out where i really wanted to put her on the card and i was like you know she works best in my mind in like WWE history, like she was never not, like not great wrestling. wrestler. Yeah. She works best as somebody who's not wrestling. And I can't put her against like, oh, I'm gonna put her against uh Thunder Rosa and have a real banger match. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, with, I think that this makes sense. With all the respect in the world, she works best as tits in ring. That's Pretty much. Of, <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of because I had Sable at one point. And because Tony is such an attitude era guy, I thought he might put her against China and just do the match. Nah. That never got done. Never remotely came into my viewpoint of doing that match. Well, I, I tried for you, Sable. You're more than tits to me. 
I, I thought about putting her in a different match. I'll get to that a little bit later. But then when I started the book this and I started to put these tag teams together, I was like, oh, I could do Playboy Bunny as the theme or whatever. And it's, you know, Playboy and the bunny and the, you know, whatever. Um, and Sable is sort of a neutral party. She could be a heel. We've seen her do that. She could be a baby face. We've seen her do that. So she's in there as like, well, which is she going to call this match down the middle or is she going to kind of screw over the baby faces? But she counts a normal pinfall baby faces of Ashley Massaro and Candice Michelle retain their titles and can move on to any of the other tag teams because there's quite a bit actually. Uh, let's see. That was match number four. So match number five is a hardcore fatal four way. Number one contenders match. This was a tag team match that switched around with switching a different person in there. So, um, originally it was Asuka and Kyrie Sane against Luna Vashon and Victoria. And then I wanted to move Kyrie into another spot. And I was like, all right, well then I can't do a tag team match without Asuka having a partner. So I decided to four way because I thought also, you know, it'd be fun to see Victoria and Luna Vashon go at it instead of be a tag team. And I thought about making this triple threat, but then I had Thunder Rosa and she has proven herself really good with fatal uh not fatal for uh with hardcore matches so it's a babyface oscar a heel luna vachon a babyface thunder rosa and a heel victoria in a hardcore four-way just beat the living shit out of each other match oscar comes out victorious probably because she finds a way to get the mist involved how are you yeah, it's a it's a nice collection of very hard hitting women going on the hardcore. Yeah, kind of hardcore rules, yeah, I think that would uh that would that would work out well. Number six is a match to determine who is the most beautiful slash cutest in the world. Carmella okay. as a baby face against Maki Ito. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> you know, Carmella's called herself the most beautiful woman in in uh, WWE, Makito, who's the cutest and all. So this makes sense in that way. And Carmella is more of a baby face in a lot of ways in my mind. I tend to book her, I think, more as baby face because she's got the potential to do both. But here she's baby face and Makito cheats to win. Um, I mean, I would personally, just just from my knowledge of them, I would definitely go baby face Makito and heal Carmella. But uh, but as I say, it's your card, and you know, and Carmella does very work, much well work as a baby face. I think more with the beautiful side of things, it's more of a heel thing for her. But, and you know um, what? That can yeah, work the I, same I, exact I, way, and Maki too can cheat to win, and it could be cute that she cheated. Like you know, it's one way or another. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, one way or the other. Like it, it depends on who has the card. But like, yeah, but I think it'd be it'd be a funny match. That Carmella's very good as a um, has a lot of comedic mm-hmm. talent to her, so I think that would be a fun match. Yeah, it's definitely got more of a comedic edge to it, for sure. And that leads us into kind of, I guess, if you're splitting us in this two nights, the main event of night one. But then if you're treating this as not quite, then whatever, you know, uh, time's linear. How would you have treated it? (laughs) I originally had it down as night one main event. And then I didn't know where to put that other match that we'll get to uh, after this. But then, you know, so we're uh, we're on a we're in hyper time. That's what we're doing. Hyper Time's not the first time this is going to come up in a podcast this year. Hint, hint. Uh, world, cha- uh, world Championship match. 
heel Charlotte Flair, typical queen kind of character that she normally does, against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, babyface. It's a match that is in that range of what people kind of compare, you know, well, if Charlotte was going to face anybody, here's the list of some people from AEW that she would go up against and all. Baker is much easier to cheer for than Flair. That makes perfect sense for her to be the babyface. And she is able to win the championship from Flair because I, I like babyfaces winning titles. I also like babyfaces. Yeah, I think this yeah, I think this would be a good match between these two. I think that um I think if you are able to establish like Charlotte as the big bad as you would probably look to do and then have Britt Baker be like I, I, I would have kind of like a story where like these two were tag team for a while and then uh, Charlotte got tired of Britt Baker and used her as a stepping stone to get to the top and then Britt Baker comes back to win the title off of her. I think that'd be a good way of doing it. Yeah, I didn't think too much about like um, nah, pre fine. and post setup for this, but a little bit of the the setup of what would go beyond that. So I had said Asuka is the number one contender. Asuka can be the number one contender for either of the quote unquote world titles. And she is not going to go up against Britt Baker because it's not babyface against babyface. So she has somebody else in mind that she wants to go up against. We'll get into that in a minute. But there's also another number one contenders-esque type match. And you know that this was going to be on the card. We can't have a big man buffet. (laughs) But we can have the big beautiful woman buffet. Couldn't you at least call it a BBW Battle Royal? Like, no, you gotta call it the buffet. It's gotta be a buffet. Gotta be a buffet. <laughs> it's always gonna be a buffet. <laughs> it's not the longest title of a buffet match that I have because I have one that is very long uh, of a title for my ultimate all time card of something that involves Andre the Giant. So it's, yeah, we'll, we'll come across that down the line, but that is my favorite name. This one's up there for those names. So this has uh, four heels, four baby faces. Bertha Faye, Jacqueline, Jade Cargill, Jazzy Gabert, Nia Jax, Nikita Lyons, Raquel Rodriguez, and Tamina Snuka. Heels are Faye, Cargill, Snuka, and Jax. Baby faces are Jacqueline, Nikita, Raquel, and Gabert. I'm going to go Jade Cargill wins this. So we have our two number one contenders. In mind, Asuka and Jade Cargill. One could go up against one, one could go against the other. Let's see what happens. But between the two, obviously, Asuka, I said she's not going to fight Britt Baker, so that means Jade Cargill is going to be a future threat for Britt Baker. That is a match that's like between the two cards. So this is kind of night two opener in some ways. And we're going to go to the cruiserweight, lightweight, whatever you want to call it, mid-card type of championship. It's a triple threat match. These three were in a group at one point, and they were also going to go up against each other if I would have had somebody else or something, but I ended up just splitting them into a three-way. This is almost kind of like uh, theme-based. It's AJ Lee as the champion, babyface, against Cora Jade, heel, against Roxanne Perez, babyface. It's basically mom and her two daughters. (laughs) So AJ's kind of uh, sort of the tweener-ish between them. If you want to go with like one has to be a tweener, one has to be a heel, one's baby face, heel, horror, uh, Cora, Jade. 
heel, um, or not heel, uh, tweener, AJ Lee, babyface, Roxanne. And AJ Lee goes in as a champion, but Roxanne walks out with the championship. I like it. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. I think it's just like, you you kind of, yeah, it's like you tell the story of like, um, mom handling her two kids in the Mm -hmm. match. Well, it's like she, she she's a tweener because she wants to be kind of disciplined them, but also not too much because they're um, you know they're her, they're her little ones and she she loves them even if they are going after her. What a bit of fun table. Now that I think about it. I I was gonna do AJ Cora and Roxanne against three people, and when I kept trying to get my pairs together, I was like, you know, there's just nothing standing out to me, and. No themes or no like, you know, well, these would like work really, really well together or whatever. So I was just like, you know, if I'm going to go with these like mid card titles and stuff, I think AJ being in that range and they are all really tiny. So that kind of simplifies like the cruiserweight aspect of that. And it's a good way to start off another night with, you know, kind of flipping around and then leading into another mid card championship this is sort of a tertiary championship european title equivalent kind of thing it's the queen's crown coronation bringing back the queen's crown and king of the ring idea so you have the queen of the damned zelina vega with her um you know kind of queen's crown that she had had against the pirate princess Kyrie sane she's baby face of course and pirate princess wins she gets the crown on her head and she could be sort of queen of the ring going forward I like that. You had you had you had two queen gimmicks or two um at least a royalty based gimmicks and you burn together as I would expect nothing less. Yeah, I didn't want to go with like Queen Charlotte, for instance. And when I thought about the Asuka and Kyrie versus Luna and Victoria thing, I was like, I wanna I actually kinda want more of a hardcore edge to this. So that's where I was like, Kyrie doesn't strike me as <laughs> and then she'll beat the crap out of each other more than Thunder Rosa. So once I uh, had this in mind, I was like, you know, Kyrie and Zelina, they're around the same stature. They could have a really good match, I think. Zelina's underrated, and Kyrie's great too. And we have our other eight woman tag team match. This is uh, my typical the beautiful people against the alternativas. Alternative, alternativas. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have Gigi Dolan and JC Jane, but I do have Mandy Rose as the kind of leader of this group of the beautiful people. And she includes uh, Maurice and Melina and Taryn Terrell against the more alt chicks group of Shotzi Blackheart, Ruby Riot, Tegan Knox, and Caitlin. Caitlin might not seem like she necessarily fits in that, but if you've seen her ring gear more so and all, like I mean, she wanted to anything Caitlin's done. Caitlin fits that. Like she started off as just like a, a typical blonde, whatever, but then she eventually tried to get more of like the fishnets and everything too. So I'm like, yeah, you know, she could work in that. And um, I had played around with her in a couple different other spots. Thought about putting her in the, um, the buffet match, but I liked her better in this spot too. So What's usually the case, I went with the alt chicks winning this because if you're going to tell a story like that, you got to worry about not necessarily sending the wrong message. And the beautiful people are, uh, they're the bitch characters. They're the heels and they lose because they're all concerned about their looks. 
So it's not necessarily elimination match. It could be. I think if it was elimination, I'd probably end it with Shotzi being like the sole survivor. If it's not, then you don't have to worry about that. And then maybe Shotzi pins like Taryn or somebody. After I mean, that, yeah, another, fun, another fun gimmicky match. match. And that's a staple for you. Like. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm good, uh, gonna do with a lot of these. Yeah, uh, I have an MMA rules. Uh, you have to win by TKO or submission match. Ronda Rousey accompanied with uh, by um, Paige Van Zant against Sonya Deville accompanied by Ivy Nile. So this is where I had gotten into the other thing where I was like, oh, if I put Sonya in the strictly business thing, who do I have a coming going up against Ronda Rousey? And I thought about doing some kind of like Ronda versus Asuka match or Ronda versus Thunder Rosa, or Ronda versus Luna Vachon, or Ronda versus Victoria, and like kind of playing around with that. And none of it just sounded all that right to me. So the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to go heal Sonya with Ivy Nile as like her underling, and babyface Ronda with Paige as her underling. And kind of offset a little bit of the Lacey Evans and Michelle McCool match. I also thought about maybe dropping... uh cheerleader melissa putting sonya in the strictly business thing and then making this um picking up jessamine duke and then i was like i really don't want to do jessamine duke versus ronda rousey was jessamine duke free i could have just slotted her in for that. yeah she was free that's something i should have thought about also thought about cheerleader melissa against ronda rousey and i was like that might be a better match than the sonya and ronda one but there's no necessarily like you know, I, I can't speak to cheerleader Melissa being better necessarily than Sonya Deville. I'm more familiar with Sonya, so treat Sonya more as like an actual threat and go with babyface Ronda winning. Let's see where we have now. That was number 12. Number 13 is the, uh, the Harley Quinn baseball bat on a pole match. <laughs> you know how these, uh, these, uh, to really like to consider themselves like the Harley Quinns of WWE. You got Alexa Bliss against Liv Morgan. And it is quite literally a baseball bat on a pole match. They yeah, could reach the baseball bat and you know, use that That's as a weapon. Funny. Very funny. Oh, yeah. I will say that uh, yeah, this is fitting considering uh, Bliss's excellent record of things on pole match. <laughs> Well, it's not a kendo stick. At least we got a bat here, and um, they're bat shit crazy. So it works like that. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Bliss is the heel. She wins because it is more so in my book to make Harley a heel. We'll talk more I about her a, a little bit. Down down. You can ask both a serious and an unserious if you have that. Okay, <laughs> this uh, I've seen some of the work you've done for the. Uh, Survivor Series, Marvel and DC. The amount of times you've said Harley Quinn in a match about uh, Liv Morgan and Bliss. Were you just like, man, I want to do more of the Survivor Series thing when you were, <laughs> when you were writing that? I mean, I did mention Hyper Time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know, let me put that up on the screen. DC versus Marvel. It is something that I have in the works. And you know what? I'm just going to tease you with something right now. Uh, I'm going to show you one of those matches. Uh, for the sake of it, um, let me pick something that's not going to be spoiling too much. We'll go with this. We'll go with 
the survival of the fittest last warmonger standing match between Mongol and Apocalypse. Trust me, I've put a lot of thought into the DC versus Marvel one. Um, but let me uh, ooh, let me not spoil everything by showing the whole card here and you know, my OBS setup and everything. So we go from a Harley Quinn match. And, you know, if I can make any kind of a Joker transition, it's going to be this to the you got to be joking me comedic tag team match. <laughs> the Iconics as baby faces. Because I do think that they were funny enough that they could have had a really good babyface run. Billy Kay and Peyton Royce are going up against a team that I wasn't sure which team name I wanted to go with here. So it's Alicia Fox and Red Velvet. You could go with one of these two names, or if you think of something else, of course, drop that in the comments below. Originally, I had them down as hotcakes. And then I thought nutty as a fruitcake. <laughs> but the idea of mine being... Fox and Velvet are the two heels. They are on the comedic side. Uh, Red Velvet's not like you know super funny or whatever, but I think that she could pull this off. And Billy Kay and Peyton Royce are the comedic babyface team. And you know, let's send people home happy in some other ways as many times as we can. Billy Kay and Peyton Royce get the win here. This is the bathroom break match. If you didn't already Jesus. know. <laughs> I would say that um, we know that the Iconics can work as a babyface because they were babyfaces in Impact as the inspiration. So that was their... Uh, so, so yeah, we know they can work as that style. And, yeah, I don't know if, like, the nut is a fruitcake or hotcakes or whatever <laughs> it is. Is there any type of cake that has a lot of alcohol in it? Maybe we could do that. Yeah, okay. Just boozy cakes. <laughs> rum, yeah, rum cake is... yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, that was a but yeah, that'd be just like a fun little escape for a lot of people. And after watching, you know, if you're especially making this one night, you needed the bathroom break before the main event. So that takes you us. You didn't actually plot this out, like okay, it has to be two nights. No, uh, I'll show up on the screen. It's uh, two separate nights, but then there's the buffet match at the bottom in between the two. So. That's where I was just like, the oh, buffet, mate. the buffer, sorry. <laughs> yeah, the big, beautiful woman buffer match. <laughs> there you go. Oh, God. <laughs> and uh, Michael Buffer does the announcement for <laughs> So our main event is the quote-unquote heavyweight championship match. Since we have the mid-card midweight and the mid-card cruiserweight, and we have the world championship, I kind of booked this in the sense that anybody can be the queen's crown. Anybody can be the world champion. But you have to fit a certain weight limit to be the cruiserweight, middleweight, and heavyweight. Instead of creating, oh, and anybody can be the tag team too. Instead of creating it to be like, okay, well, you know, the hardcore title is necessarily anybody. Well, that's sort of uh, the queen's crown. It's not hardcore, but that's where we're getting at. So the heavyweight does have to be more on the bigger side. And that is a babyface China going up against the heel champion Rhea Ripley. You know, I, I really shouldn't be surprised, but I'm a little surprised. That I didn't see it coming. Why is that? I don't know. I, I guess I just, I, I should have known that that's where you would go with it. I like it though. Who do you think wins? Ripley. <laughs> yeah. Even though I want to send people home uh, happy, 
heel champion Ray Ripley asserts her dominance and wins. And that means that in the future, we are going to get Jade Cargill versus Britt Baker, and we're going to get Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. But there's also the tease down the line of eventually Jade's going to end up going up against Rhea. And what happens there? Yeah, I think that's good. It's a good way of doing it. Again, it's not the, the, like the classic 30-minute match at the end of a show that you would sometimes do for some other cards. But... Yeah, it's putting two of the most physically impressive women in WWE's history together in a big main event match. And China's always been super popular and Ripley's super popular as well. So it makes sense making Rip the heel. And also, for that sense, not just from the both having a similar look and like physicality to them, but they both spend a they both spent a portion of their careers being referred to as mummy. So That's true. I didn't even think about that. So I have a question. Is that something that you just knew immediately you were going to do? Or was that like, okay, I can't think of anything else for Rio or China? When I had my draft board, I had Rhea, China, and a few other people. I think Beth might have been in the list of like, all right, I want to try to get two of them. And then I could either have a heel for some smaller baby face to overcome or put those two together. And it could either be the championship or it could be kind of filling in like that Undertaker type spot or the Brock spot of like a featured upper mid card semi main situation. Once I got Rhea first and then I was able to come back around and get China, I was like, all right, chances are that's my world title match. But then I got Flair. And the more that I was looking at the group, I did what I normally do where I take my groups of people and I break them up as like people I really want to focus on people that are somewhere in the middle and then people that I know full well, I'm not going to do much with. So I had like, for instance, uh, Flair and Mickey and Tony storm and Oscar and Rhea and, um, Jade and, uh, you know, for them it's like, okay, make sure I do something with them. Middle group was essentially the people like, Mandy, Maurice, Bliss, Carmella, Victoria. And then the group that I was like, no, let's see what I can do with them. were like Red Velvet, Ivy Nile, uh, Wendy Chu. So after that, I went through and started to make the teams of groups of people. And I, well, actually, no, I think the next step I did was I took Naya and Tamina put them as a team and then immediately said, no, wait, I'm just going to put them in the buffet match. So I was like, yeah, that makes more sense. And then I kind of separated the buffet match ones. Cause I was like, I don't have anything else in mind for them. I don't really want to do anything with Bertha Faye other than put her in there. So on and so forth. And, uh, kind of just started pairing people up a little bit left and right by themes. Evolution. There you go. <laughs> I, so, I, I really got an interesting vibe from this one because I think this really showed like the different way we approach these things. Because like Callum had a full plan of like factions, and I just immediately was like, "How can I create a better wrestling version of something like a Wow?" You know, that I think 
there's something there, but there could be so much more. And then it seems like you had the most WWE-inspired show where you're just like, okay, I have been tasked with doing an all-women's show. What do I do? Very much so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was not taking this as, like, it's its own separate company. I was taking this as, like, I'm doing the women's division, and I've probably got some men's division that I'm ignoring for the show. Ever once the men these um these fantasy booking things as if like this is the only these are the only people that I have in any circumstance. So trying to create some kind of more universe out of it is something that I do take enjoyment. And this is the one where I went like deeper than probably I have I have before in terms of trying to establish a to say like a universe or an ecosystem with which you can kind of grow and build it moving forward. But I think as like we all took slightly different approaches, but we've come up with some very fun matches and overall fun cards that I think would, even despite Evolution being a very successful show when it happened, I think that I'd prefer to watch pretty much all of these over what we saw on that uh, night five years ago. And I am kind of curious in um, revisiting this, even in the sense of what I might do, I don't know for sure about like our plans for the dark cast or something, but if I get enough time, I might go ahead and try to book my group as the way that you two did and be like, let me see if I can create stable warfare. And then let me see if I can create like, I I mean, I could already tell you like Stephanie McMahon would fill in the Sherry Martell role. And who would I necessarily book as like, let's set up champions as like, we're going to establish our champions this night and stuff. Cause that's a totally different approach than me being like, I'm assuming my current mid-card cruiserweight champions, AJ Lee, heading, heading into this match and all that. So that's going to be an interesting thing I might play around with. Maybe that'll be the, the dark cast for this month. Right, and like when Callum said Sherry was up for grabs, I knew immediately like that's someone I want. That's something I want to have on my show. Um, because I think that there's there's a lot there, and we've never really seen that, have we? Where it's just like all women's promotion, you know, and I, I would like to see that tried. I was hoping Maria would do that with the women dressing army thing. I don't really know where that stands right now. Did they do more than like one show? Yeah, they did. Hmm. Well, we also have uh, another way that we can revisit this for anybody that's curious if they, you know, want more than just even the dark cast thing is, We've got a lot of these uh, mock draft pay-per-view card things where we didn't do the other aspect of the matchmaker, which is to do the ultimate card. We haven't done many of those. And to do an ultimate women's card where the three of us have everybody that's available here and other people that we didn't draft yet. And we start trying to figure out, all right, we can't put them all on the card, but we got two nights. That will change everything. (laughs) I think we should do that for the women. I think that that's a, a really unique exercise that we should try. I think we've only done, let's see, which one, how many of those did we do so far? We did, I think we might've done like ultimate NXT was one of them. Um, we've done so many of these at this point of philosophy. We, we did ultimate roster from way back in, uh, ultimate card for all right, that we, I think we might've done 
yeah, we did a Ultimate NXT ROH Ultimate Card teams. Or maybe not. Maybe I just created um, this. I don't think we did the Legacy Ultimate Card. No. The Ultimate AEW and WWE Card we didn't do yet. Uh, we did the Ultimate NXT UK Card. That was one. And yeah, we still have a lot on the back burner for that. So. Now that Ultimate NXT UK card might have been something we did simply because we couldn't do. We didn't have enough people. Yeah, Yeah. we did just the ultimate because it was like, all right, well, if we do a draft, we're going to have three matches on our cards. (laughs) And it'll be like, well, I guess my champion is. um, uh, What's his face? Um, Sam Gradwell and stuff. So let's go highs and lows. Uh, Going back to eh, start with mine because it's most fresh. Um, my personal favorite out of all this that I would be like, hey, you know, I actually really want to see that. Whatever would be the Rhea Ripley and China match most likely. Although I think that the quality of the match would probably be the Oscar Thunder Rosa Luna Vachon Victoria Hardcore match or the Mickey James Tony Storm match. My low is. Pretty much the Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Alicia Fox, and Red Velvet one, because that's that's a comedic match, you know, whatever. I, I Yeah, I mean, you called it your bathroom break, so I have to say that. Um, I'm surprised you just kicked off your show with Mickey James and Tony Storm, but I think that'd be a really fun match. Um, I'd want to see Charlotte Flair and Britt Baker more than anything. And I'd probably skip your Playboy Bunny with the bunny. <laughs> Tag team championship match. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, my favorite is probably the, the match that I would probably enjoy the most would be Mickey Jones versus Tony Storm. I think that's just the the best quality contest out of all of them. Um, the one that I'm least excited about would either be uh, the your eight woman tag match from night one of tricky business against fun and games because most of the people involved on i don't i'm not a particularly huge fan of and then um all the um the tag championship match i would have probably actually preferred the the tag title match to be um your other tag match billy k and peyton royce versus alicia fox and red velvet than than this one yeah i can see that as well it's, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, that that one doesn't really um, that one didn't really connect with me. Going back over to Rob's, he's got his card out there for us to be able to see. I'm, he's bouncing around on his uh, screen. <laughs> you can see I, I yeah. <laughs> you're uh, filling um, it in right now. Yeah. Um, um, I would say the low point for me. Because I am not familiar with uh, some of the, these names either. So, like, to me, um, the Spirit of Teamwork semifinals with um, Kylie Page and Ella Envy against Caden Carter and um, Katana Chance. I'll change that for you. Uh, I don't know Kylie Page and Ella Envy. And, like, I don't know Yamashita and Sawyer Wreck. I don't know Kid Bandit. So, any of those um, kind of throw me off a little bit, but I would say probably the match more than anything that I'd be least interested would be Dana Brooke versus Giselle Shaw. I mean, and that's that's your filler. That's your uh, buffer kind of match. I will say, unironically, this exercise made me go, fuck, I guess I pay attention to the NWA. 
Yeah. Because I, I was really like, I mean, if we look at it, I have Camille headlining my second night and mm-hmm. pretty empowered, got a spot on my card as well. You know, I think that's the most surprising thing for me is that I really paid attention. I'm really like tapped into women's wrestling way more than I would think when doing this. I'd probably say the high for me would either be Camille Becky or Gail Kim Bailey. I'm not too sure between those two. I think you would enjoy Camille. What about you, Cal? Uh, well, my favorite is Becky versus Julia because I know how violent that would probably get. And you know, Gail Kim versus Bailey would be high up there as well. As so would um, uh, you know, Sheets versus Bourne Carno. Because if you do a, a bold wide F match well, then it could be a super fun match. Um, there's a couple that like don't really inspire me. Dane Brooke versus Shellshaw is one of them. Uh, Kelly and Torres versus uh, the Renegades. Not really my thing. And then just one that's like, I'm sure would be fine, but it just doesn't do anything for me is Tyre versus Trinity. That's fair. Um, but- I know that Trinity's probably been a lot better since uh, joining Impact, but I've never been the biggest... I was never the hugest fan of her in-ring, and I've never really been, not for a long time anyway, a, a big fan of Tyre in-ring. So, But um, but yeah, for the most part, a lot of these look like fun. So, so yeah, there's not much that I would um, change or want to uh, get rid of. And then over on Callum's... I am totally unfamiliar with about a third, if not a half of uh, this roster. So those are all uh, blind spots for me, but I would say by what I do know, the low point for me would probably be Zoe Stark against Wendy Richter. Mm-hmm. And the high point would probably be the main event, the four way for the world title. I would say, say for Callum. First of all, I just I'm amazed at your organization. Like I just every time we do one of these, I'm like, you're so well thought out. And that's one of the things I really appreciate about working with you. Um for me, I I love ladder matches, so Athena and Salander sticks out. But that elimination match is a really special idea. And I, I like the idea of using the elimination factor to get more women in, but also get to the point you want to tell. So I really enjoy your two-minute events. But also, uh, Max and Kong in a cage uh, reminds me of, like, Bull Nakano, Aj Kong, in theory. I don't know if that's what you're going for, but I like that idea as well. Oh, and as I said in, in the first part of it, Jordan Grace and Tiffany Stratton would be a match that we see for a major championship one day. So what you're saying is you want Jordan Grace in NXT. You heard it here, folks. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> I, absolutely. I've, I want Jordan Grace in any major promotion because I think she's that good. And as a reminder here on the screen, these were the rosters that we had that we could work from. So... Definitely let us know if you want us to follow this up in some way, whether it's the ultimate card or it's to do the thing like I mentioned before about like, you know, I might play around with making 
two alternative versions of my card or something like that. Maybe these guys might too, you know, we, there's nothing stopping us from revisiting this in one way or another. Also let us know what you want us to do for future episodes. Cause we don't really have one set in mind for the next one guaranteed right now. I do have that fantasy booking of Marvel versus DC, but that's not separate. It's not a mock draft or anything. Um, and that's half fanboy synonymous and all that. So, you know, look forward that's to that. What I'm really, all right. I'm going to just be truthful here. I want to see a card where you put the amount of thought and effort that Callum would. <laughs> it was abundantly clear here that this is just sort of like a, I have to make a card. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what you do when, you know, the energy is there. I will put it this way. I put, uh, maybe an hour's worth of work into setting up this card for the women's evolution one. And I put, maybe five times that amount to just get graphics for the <laughs> Marvel versus DC one. Um, you know, it's just, uh, I don't get the chance to do as much fanboy stuff. So whenever I relish in that, I, I do that way more, but, um, the fantasy card stuff, the mock draft stuff is definitely one of my more favorite things that we do here. So, um, the more that you guys support it, the more that you let us know in the comments that you love it, the more that you hit the like button, the more that you sponsor it through the pick a poison tier. Cause you could always do that too. If you're like, Hey, I've got a set number of people I want you to pick from. Maybe it's like really, really bad people. We've done the worst at one point, but maybe there's even worse people that we didn't add in there or something, or maybe it's a theme or maybe it's just your top 100 favorite people. And you're like, I want you guys to pick 33 people each and something. I don't know. You know, uh, pick a poison is an option though. Uh, the dark cast might end up being a follow-up for this. I'm not going to guarantee that's the case. Cause I don't know the time I'll be able to dedicate to it, but we'll sort that out in the next couple weeks or so, but also let us know which one of these cards you would want to see the most, which matches are you most excited about? Which matches do you think fell short? Are we crazy? Are we genius? <laughs> There's a fine line between uh, those two. And if you've watched a refute will kill, you know, the difference. I would go, uh, I, I'm not familiar with Callum's as much, but I think that if I were, I probably would be super into that. But I also really, really, really like how Rob made this like a separate promotion. Um, so I kind of can't even pick between the two of them. That's not a cop-out answer. It's just the truth. <laughs> I would like to see, you know, what Callum's vision of faction warfare could play out on week to week TV because mine is, you know, I did put some extra thought into mine, but it's still largely based in a TV wrestling promotion. I'd like to see the way that faction warfare plays out on week to week. It would be interesting to see because Stardom runs like so many so many shows on a on a um, like weekly month that um, they can get quite repetitive with Faction Warfare, so I don't know how long it would last. You'd have to be changing up factions quite a bit, but that's probably why I went with 12 in the end, because I think Stardom only have like six or seven, and so it sometimes gets a bit repetitive, and so like the more you have, the more matches that you can, I guess, pair off and come up with interesting combinations. But um, yeah, as I, I like I like the, the straightforward approach of Tony's one to just be like it's a one-off show, see what we can do with it, and then Rob's more fleshed-out universe. So 
yeah, that's like they all have the merits to them. And hopefully you all enjoyed this matchmaker edition of the Smart Guy Moments Mac Talk podcast. Uh, hopefully the mock draft is something you want us to revisit. And of course, whenever we do the mock drafts, we're always going to follow it up with the matchmaker. We're not just going to be like, we picked these people and it doesn't matter at all because <laughs> that would be kind of pointless. Um, even when we did the very first mock draft thing, which I'm pretty sure was one of the dark cast things where Rob and I just sort of had done like the 93 roster or something where we were like, Oh, let's see if it was one of those weird nights. Cause I remember being the one to set it up where I just grabbed the 95 roster and said, Hey, what would you do if you split the roster? It was like, Oh, well, rates Ramon would be my champion and I'd probably put him against this. And like, you know, so it's, it's been a thing for a couple of years now. And, um, we want more and more and more of that. Um, so sponsor it. If you can do the pick poison, if not, at least let us know, hit the like button and make sure that you are doing all the other stuff that we mentioned before, picking up some stuff on Redbubble and T public. If that's, uh, you know, you're interested in the merchandise side of things at all. Obviously I mentioned before about the, um, DC versus Marble stuff. That's all going to happen half on smart count moment and half on fanboys anonymous. So if you don't know what fanboys anonymous is, go over to the blue brand website over there, check out Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, all that stuff on that. And make sure you go to a mango tree.com and like shallow, uh, like shallow, like follow favorite share, subscribe, everything that you can see there, including my Facebook and Twitter at Tony mango. Yep. You can follow me everywhere at dude Felice. You can check out my work on fightful and wrestlezone.com as well. Um, I do know, I do know for a fact that, Youthfleece.com looks way more close to ready than it ever has. I'm actually right now looking at the landing page. So that's right around the corner. Could hopefully lead to more things like this, where I just get to throw my random ideas at the wall and hopefully support it. Cal? You can find me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Check out the power rankings every weekend over at smartcatmoment.com where I rank the WWE superstars based on their performances in the previous week. And also on smartcatmoment.com you will find the Fantasy League and see how all of our teams are performing, how many points we're picking up on the road to WrestleMania 40 with the next pit stop coming at Crown Jewel where our teams will get updated a little bit and hopefully Tony won't win another prediction contest. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm buried for the rest of forever, but, uh, (laughs) you know, I'll keep trying. Robbed of points forever. Is there uh, an extra bonus that I get if I win another one? (laughs) You basically get to do what you did for the previous one again. So that's that's your bonus. (laughs) I can uh, switch everybody on everybody's team. God Emperor Mango. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have to be elected Supreme Chancellor first. Yeah, we have to take baby steps. <laughs> anyway, that buddy, that's it for this matchmaker. Thanks for listening as always. Thank you for your uh, support, all your comments, and we will see you next time with either a dark cast or the hot tags, depending on what happens next. I'm not entirely sure. You find out. Come back here, subscribe. We'll see you then. This has been another smart out moment, and we are being counted out. Yeah.